Welcome to Faith Westwood. This is the first Sunday of the year. I absolutely love New Beginnings. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. My name is Holly Timberlake. I am the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship here at Faith Westwood. This service is very special this morning. We will celebrate at the baptism of Evelyn Grace, worship through music, and have a children's time. Our message will be brought to you by Alan Hansen, and we will celebrate with Holy Communion. You can use whatever you have on hand for communion. I would like to personally invite you to check out Monday's Faith Connect with a new year. This is a great opportunity for you to look and think about new things that you can participate in. That will come in your email box on Monday. As you continue to worship, we pray that you will feel the Holy Spirit's presence. Keeping the 
Well, it is, uh, we are really happy to have this baptism here today. And uh, so our, our plan is we're going to film it here and then show it to the congregation sometime here soon. And, and uh, hopefully all that will work out. So, uh, <clears throat> baptism is a sign of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And because we call baptism a sacrament, we, we believe that, that, that Christ is uniquely present in this moment and in this act. And um, so I ask you, uh, parents and sponsors, uh, these questions. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Do you reject the evil powers of this world? And do you repent of your own sin? Answer, I do. Do you accept the freedom and, and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races. Answer, I do. And then finally, will you... I think this name might be wrong in here. Her name is... Yes, it's got, it's got Emily's name in here. I'll have, to have Brenda print a new one. Okay. Uh, will you nurture Evelyn... In Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and your example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. Answer, I will. Okay, now, uh, grandparents, you are today going to represent the entire congregation. And, uh, I, and you all can respond with them. Uh, are we ready to put this on the screen here in a moment? Okay, very good. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Let's say we do. And will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life? And now include Evelyn in your care. And if you'll turn, let's respond with the words on the screen. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Evelyn Grace with a community of love and forgiveness that she may grow in her service to others. We will pray for Evelyn Grace that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Let's pray. Oh Lord, as we pour out this water, we remember that you pour out all your good gifts upon us but most importantly, your Holy Spirit. And we pray that by that same Holy Spirit, you will draw Evelyn into this life with you. Call her, woo her, love her into this grace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You want to put her here in my left arm, please? Very good. Right there. And what name is given this child? Evelyn Grace Rummel. Okay. Evelyn Grace, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, the water was warm, but my hands were a little cold. So that's, that's what happened, I think, there. Okay, Evelyn. We have marked you as one of Jesus' people. And uh, we are looking forward to that day when you are going to uh, stand before us and say it because you want to, that you're one of Jesus' people. And uh, so let's, uh, let's pray over her, shall we? Oh, Lord God, we thank you for Evelyn Grace Runnels, and we name and claim her for you now, today. And Lord, we pray that uh, in the days and years to come, that she will uh, learn to pray, that she will learn your name, that she will call on you in her, her fears and troubles, that her home will be a place where your name is honored, and uh, that she will come to embrace you as you embrace her. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And... Uh, then do we have the, uh, the blessing prayer? Thank you. We've added a little blessing prayer for the family, especially mom and dad. And I invite you to pray that with me. Dear God, we pray the blessing of your grace, wisdom, and love upon this family. As the first teachers of their children, may they be the best teachers, leading the family closer to you and bearing witness to your love in all they say and do. Amen. All right. Well, I guess I have to give her back, but she's, she's pretty sweet right here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Are any of you afraid of the dark? Well, when I was a kid, I definitely was. And as I grew older and could stay home by myself once in a while, I would go around and turn on every light in the house, which wouldn't make my dad very happy, but it made me feel not so alone or scared. The Bible says that Jesus was sent to be the light for all mankind. So we're gonna try something. I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to turn off the light. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about those things that worry you, your mistakes that you've made, or the things that you just want to talk to Jesus about. In the dark, you can feel alone or scared when you think about these things and it can feel so heavy. But I'm here to tell you, that you are not alone. Open your eyes. It only takes one light to end the darkness, and that light is Jesus. He came to save us, to be the light, and He loves us and He forgives us for our mistakes in the darkness, and we are never alone. I just want you to remember that no matter what, if you carry this light of Jesus in you, you're never alone. And he loves you no matter what. And he forgives you no matter what. Jesus is the light that has overcome the darkness for each one of us. After children's time, be sure to check out the link so that you can do Sunday school at home today. 
They're on the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or you can find them in the email that I sent out this morning too. And exciting news, next Sunday, January 10th, Children's Ministry is back in the building. Yay! I can't wait. It's going to be a family Sunday and we're going to meet at 1045 in the Family Life Center and we're going to learn all about what the new year has in store for children's ministry. So bring the whole family and you can pre-register at tinyurl.com slash fw3dkids. I hope to see all of you there and I can't wait. I love you all and I miss you all. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. I'll see you next week. Bye. Deep breath.
scriptures from John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, and that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in, in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who himself and in close relationship with the Father has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay. Well, today is the 10th day of Christmas. You're no doubt familiar with that song, the, the 12 days of Christmas. The Christian church has traditionally had a calendar uh, of seasons that starts with Advent four weeks before Christmas. And uh, then Christmas season starts with Christmas Day and goes for 12 days. Up to January 6th, which is Epiphany, the day when the church has celebrated the arrival of the wise men and the recognition of the, the baby Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ child for the world. Now, around my house, I've had this uh, kind of crazy idea that we should put the Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve, decorate it on Christmas Day, add presents a little bit each day up until January 6th when we open the gifts celebrating the gifts given by the wise men. You can imagine how that's gone over. I've never been able to, to pull that off. But another tradition that I have that uh, is much simpler and that I have been able to pull off is that each Christmas or each uh, New Year, I visit the, today's scripture from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, especially those first 18 verses. And I invite you to, to get your Bibles and open them up and, and read uh, that scripture. If you don't have your Bible with you right now, that's great, but uh, sometime in the next few days, pick up your Bible and open it to John chapter 1 and read those first 18 verses out loud. And as you do, think about it as a kind of an overture, uh, laying out the themes of what's about to happen in the, and unfold in the life of Jesus. Hear those words as a foretaste of what we're about to experience as we journey with Jesus through this year. 
I like to hear that passage at the start of every year and have it ground me uh, back into the audacious and bold nature of our faith. Well, good morning and welcome here to the Worship Center at Faith Westwood Church. A little bit later, we're going to celebrate communion, so uh, we invite you to get your elements uh, around and ready, and following the message, uh, we'll have time to celebrate communion at the start of this new year. But we're so glad that you're here today, and we, we pray that God will speak to you in some way and bless you in some special way for worshiping on this day. And we certainly hope that you'll tune in again uh, next week as Pastor Steve starts a a new series on Plain Joe, uh, looking at the the life of Joseph. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Alan Hansen. I'm a retired pastor serving here at Faith Westwood as the director of uh, administration. Now, I mentioned a moment ago the audacity and the boldness of our faith And that's what I want us to spend some time meditating on today. When I was younger and my wife and I were dating, uh, Judy said to me, you know, I think you you base your faith on the Gospel of John. There was a a boldness and a brashness uh, to my faith. When we read the Gospel of John, we, we can see that boldness. Other Gospels uh, that we refer to as the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, tell the events around Jesus' life. Matthew and Luke especially focus on the events around the birth. They keep the core elements together, but each of them emphasize uh, uh, some different things. Matthew, for example, writing to a Jewish audience, wants to show how this baby is the promised Messiah, and yet with the introduction of the wise men, he's letting them know that Jesus has come for the whole world. Luke, Luke uh, has a more compassionate uh, for the underdog, for the common person, for those who are marginalized in society as represented by the coming of the shepherds. John's gospel, however, focuses our attention not so much on the events, but on the meaning of this special event. He declares for us what no other faith system declares. It's right here that the the Christian faith makes an audacious claim, and it's here that we're invited to see something that we can't see anywhere else. And you are shown why uh, this is a very important story that we tell again and again every year. Take a look at some of what John lays out for us. Turn, if you will, to verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here we have echoes of the very beginning of our scripture in Genesis chapter 1 when it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John is about to reveal something important about the word. But his first declaration is that the word was in the beginning and the word is God. This word contains the very essence of the creator And he states in verse 3, 
Through him, all things were made. John is saying that this is the Christian worldview. It is through those eyes that we see and understand what this world and this life is all about. Everything that is was created by the word of God, by the will of God, by the intention of God. Now we have science and it helps us unpack a a lot of things about the creative process. We have the Big Bang Theory and String Theory and the idea of the expanding universe and evolution and all of that stuff. And all of that helps us understand some things about this universe we live in. But at the core, at the core what we declare is that God is behind it all. There's an important purpose in this world, in our existence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And through God, through this Word, everything has come into being. This is where we start our faith, affirming that God is the Creator, that what God was in the beginning and still is. We don't have to get in wrangles with science. Science helps us in many ways understand the mysteries of the how. But what we declare is that we know something about the who and the why behind it all. So what about this word is of any importance to you and to me? If we turn first to the Old Testament, we can see that the word of God is the means by which God guides people and makes the divine will known to human beings. In the law, in the prophecy, God's purposes for a providential guidance is laid out for us if we will just hear and follow the word. But John, John wants to take us a step further. What does the word, being God, matter to us? John, in that very famous verse 14, makes an audacious claim. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Or as some translations say, the Word made its dwelling among us. The Word, the God of creation, came down to earth to dwell with us, to become a human being to enter into a relationship with us and to invite us into a special relationship with the source of life, the, the light of the world. And we became partners in God's purposes. Back in verse 4, John points out that the Word was the source of life and the true light and understanding. It says, in Him is life And the life was the light to all persons. No other faith makes such a claim. And that is why we need to revisit this passage every year and ground ourselves again in this foundation of our faith. Now, when I think of the Christmas story and the idea that God, the the Word made flesh, would come into this world as a baby, that's a pretty incredible thought. A baby, 
of all the things that God could choose to come into the world as, to come into the world as a helpless baby. If, as if it wasn't audacious enough to say that God comes and, and becomes flesh and dwells with us, but then to say, yeah, but as a baby, as a helpless baby, that's a, an audacious thing. Why a baby? Well, a couple of thoughts occur to me. First, an explanation of a young boy, Danny Dutton. Uh, Tony Campalo, who's a Christian sociologist and professor uh, and author and storyteller par excellence, shares the story of a young boy from California, Dan, Danny Dutton, who talks about his idea of God. And here's one of the things that he says. One of God's jobs is making people. He makes them so they'll take care of the earth. He doesn't make grown-ups, just babies. I think that's because they're simpler and easier to make. And that way he doesn't have to use a, a lot of valuable time teaching them to walk and to talk. He leaves that to the mothers and fathers. <laughs> Don't you just love that? A child's simple explanation of why God does what he does. But I have another thought. Now, I may not understand it all and, and get it all, but, but this occurs to me. Have you held a baby lately? Have you looked at a, a baby? What happens to you when you do? We've had two granddaughters born to staff members of the church. Brenda Bowers, uh, has a granddaughter, Chloe, born recently. Lisa Denoso, our children's ministry uh, director, also had a, a grandchild born, Letha. You can see their, their pictures there. What happens when you, when you see a child like that? What's invoked in you? For me, there's a smile that just kind of wells up inside and finds expression in my face. There's a, an acceptance and a a warmth. All the barriers just seem to get broken down and melt away. Another friend of mine uh, from a church that I served some years ago sent me a picture of their grandchild born this week, Alonza. You see, it doesn't matter what race or what sex or what uh, religion, the affiliation the parents have. A baby has a way of getting right to the heart. Now we know from Scripture that some like Herod will reject the coming of a baby. But for most of us, the barriers go away. And, uh, and it just comes to our heart. A baby is a symbol of hope for the world. It holds out good news for all persons. A baby holds all the potential for the peace and goodwill that we so desperately need. <laughs> Yet, it is an audacious claim that God, the Word that created and is creating, became flesh and dwelt as one of us, incarnate as one of us. And not only that, but he broke down all the barriers and defies all the expectations by coming as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in a feeding trough, if you will, 
not in some five-star hotel or, or nice clean hospital. This is the audacity that we are a witness to. This is what we witness to in the world. It's the story that enters us and lives in us and challenges us and grows in us and transforms us and sends us out into the world to share it. John doesn't stop there, however. He goes on to set the stage for understanding what is about to be accomplished in all of this. Take a look at John, verse 17. No one has seen God, only the Son, who was in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. Who is this God of creation? What's his nature? What's the the character of God? That's about to be revealed to us. But we can look into the Old Testament and see that God is relational. He invites his people into a covenant relationship with him and with one another. We see that God is holy and gives us guidance as to how we might live holy lives as well. In the Old Testament, we see that God is willing to chasten his people and hold them accountable when they don't follow what they profess. But what John is saying to us is that this word, this God that came to be among us, pay attention. Pay attention to what's about to follow. Pay attention because God is going to be revealed and yet a new way. Not in a spoken word, not in a written word, but in the flesh. The nature and character of God is about to be revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. The babe of the manger, the man of the cross, the the teacher and healer of the streets and fields. This is the invitation that we have as we begin this new year. Pay attention again to what Jesus is going to do with us. For in him, God is about to be revealed. The word will become flesh and reveal to us what God will do for us and what he would have us do. Why do we have a pantry ministry? Why do we spend time uh, feeding the hungry? Why do we have a helping hands fund to to help uh, members of our congregation who are in need? Why do we have a a blessed friends fund to help those in the larger community who, who might have a need? Why do we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and do for the least of these our brothers? It is because we see this in Jesus. This is the nature of God and the nature of God's people. Why do we have a caring ministry that makes masks and visits the sick and homebound? Why do we sit with people who are sick or in grief? Why do we invite your prayer request and then pray unceasingly? We do it because the word incarnate healed the sick, bound up the wounded and the brokenhearted. We do it because Jesus said he came to set the prisoner free. 
I know that the, the word came to me to set me free from the dark things that want to take over my life. He came for all of us to set us free from fear and anxiety and the things that want to hold us captive. Why do we have small group studies in children's ministries and youth ministries? Why do we seek to help people discover the baby and journey with him through the year as he teaches us and challenges us to all live lives that show the light of Christ? Why do we do these things? We do them because the word has come to us. We have seen and heard something about this bold, audacious, life-changing faith as we study the seed of faith that has been planted in us sinks deep roots and we grow in faith and understanding and that light that shines in us then begins to shine through us so that we can't hide it in a basket. We need to go out and share it. We take risk. We become daring Christians as we live daily in response to this word that has become flesh. Each year we tell the story of a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. We celebrate with pageants and we hear Christmas musical cantatas sung. We light candles and sing Silent Night. Each year we recount that same old story. Sometimes it can seem a little redundant. Lou Wells was a member of a church I served in Marincy, Michigan. And his favorite saying to me was, Alan, we don't need to learn as much as we need to be reminded. So yes, every year we share the scripture over and over. The preachers proclaim the audacity of faith again and again in different ways to help us remember that God is with us, that we are not alone. As Pastor Steve reminded us in recent weeks, when things break down, when things don't seem to be going well, when things seem to be falling apart or we're, we're waiting desperately for something better to come, we know that God is there picking up the pieces. But there's one last reason that we tell the story. And John shares it with us in verses 11 and 12. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God. You see, we tell the story because there are some who haven't heard it or don't believe it. And so we plant the seed out there in hopes that they will hear an invitation to come and journey with Jesus for this next year, that they'll come to discover what Jesus has for them. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have doubted. Let me invite you to take this year and join in a study and, and see what God might have in store for you. We tell the story because there are some who have known him but maybe have turned away and, and gone on to other things. And so we tell the story again as an invitation to, to turn around and come back and, and take another look. 
Come to know Jesus who comes to be with you and for you. And there's one more reason. You know, it's been said that God has no grandchildren. And so we tell the story, well, let me show you a video clip here. And I'm sure after you watch it, you'll understand why we tell the story every year. Yeah. Luke 2, 6 through 16. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swelling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And below the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find a babe wrapped in dwelling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, good will toward men. And it came wait. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I know that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem a long time ago. He set an example for us throughout his life. He atoned for our sins. He was crucified on the cross, and then he was resurrected. He came for me, and he came for you. Because he came, I can return to my lovely home. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Probably should have played that one first and just stopped right there. A sermon in itself. What a great way. And that is why we tell the story again and again. We invite you to now prepare to receive communion at the start of this new year. As we remember what Jesus has done for us. What he's brought to us. And then... uh, to start this new year with this family meal. Let us pray. O gracious God who comes to us in such an unusual and audacious way, 
You have revealed to us things that we can't even imagine. You've broken down walls and barriers and boundaries that we try to erect. Like the Magi who are guided by the the star through foreign territory, you draw us towards you. You lead your people across all kinds of borders of hate into lands that that are different, that challenge us to, to be more than we allow ourselves to be. You move, O oh God, in a mysterious way. This journey with you is filled with more questions than answers at times. And each time we think we've figured it out, you surprise us again, revealing yourself to us in new ways. O oh, gracious God, be with us as we journey with you this year. As we sink the roots of faith deep into our being, as we seek to live daily with you in new and daring ways, help us, O God, to be your people, your people who remember each day how you gave yourself for us and how on the night before you were arrested and beaten and crucified, You gathered your disciples as you gather us around the table. And you said, do this in remembrance of me. And you broke the bread and you said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, you raised the cup and you gave thanks and you poured it out and You gave it to your disciples and said, take, drink. This is my blood which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Now, gracious God, may the same spirit that lifted Christ from the grave be poured out on these gifts that we have taken part on today. Bless the grain of the field, the fruit of the vine. Lift us beyond our own man-made boundaries to the vision that you would have for us. Now, God, hear our prayer as we pray together the prayer that you gave to us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May this meal that we have shared in remembrance of the audacious thing that God has done for us, bless us and strengthen us for the journey before us. Go in God's peace, his strength. Amen. Thank you so much for your participation in worship this morning. Please stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service fill out a connection card, give to the mission of Faith Westwood. Our mission offering this week is for blessed friends. 
The best way to describe Bless Friend is our way of loving our neighbors. I want to thank you for giving to Central Middle School's zone. We filled up a huge barrel of clothes, new clothes to fill up their zone. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for your generosity. Um, we invite you to join us next week. We will begin a new sermon series and um, we're looking forward to seeing you again.